Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Hey, it's Brian with the Work For It podcast, and at the top of the show, I've got an SOS. That's a Save Our Ship. That is something for a friend and a patron. His name is Mark Vanderwerf. His wife is ill and is requiring some pretty um, hefty um, uh, surgeries and treatments. And he has a GoFundMe, and that link to that GoFundMe is down in the show notes. So if you're compelled by listening to me talk about this, um, you know, and you know Mark, or you don't know Mark, and you just want to help, uh, make sure you go check out that GoFundMe. And she needs it's this is life saving treatments that she needs, and that's what this GoFundMe is all about. And I'm not gonna just go into long detail. You can read about it in the the GoFundMe page. There's all kinds of details on it. Uh, to find out more, uh, but this one of the things that I love about this community is that we all stick together, and we help each other out, and this is no different. So save our ship, go out SOS to uh, the GoFundMe link down in the show notes, and you can find out more about how you can help. Also, today's show is brought to you by the beautiful people at Patreon. If you noticed that we did not have any commercials or do not have any commercials. That's because we have uh, a Patreon set up so that you can support our show, like Dennis says at the beginning of the show, for $10.80 a year um, if you pay for the whole year up front. And, you know, that's like a cup of coffee and a bagel these days. And, you know, it's, and that gives us, uh, you know, the money to keep uh, funding our software that we use, go on trips like Blade Show. We're going to be a Blade Show this year, and the, and the Patreon money helps with that. And it pushes us uh, to do bigger, better things right here on the Work For It podcast. So if you get any value out of the show, consider becoming a patron. And for that money, you actually get 52 after shows. So you can listen in. You can ask us a question. And we'll answer it. I guarantee you that you will find a lot of value in those after shows. Also, we have two sponsors, BakerForge.com. I don't know if you know this, but Gator Piss is made... By Baker Forge. Coy and the boys came up with this. They're mad scientisting over there. They're working together to make this etchant that gives you a beautiful, uh, beautiful colors out of your steel. You know, a lot of people are experimenting with different kinds of vinegars and ferric chloride and all of this. They've taken all of the guesswork out of it and they'll ship it to you. So make sure you go check it out. And now Gator Piss is available internationally. You can buy it through DIY Europe. That's Matt Bicker. And uh, go find it on their website. Pretty sure you can buy it through BakerForge.com. And then I don't know how it all works yet. If you go to BakerForge.com and click through the Gator Piss link, you'll be able to find it on the EU side. If not, check out DIY Europe. They're on Instagram, Facebook. Matt Bicker runs that site. And he also is a uh, seller of the house-made gear. So you can go check that out as well. And, of course... Once you've got your Gator Piss, you've got your awesome billet that you uh, you got a discount on because you used WFI 10 on their website to get a 10% discount. You can then go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and find all of the accoutrement to 
whatever project you're working on. From handle material to abrasives to tooling, they have everything. And it ships super fast from Canada. Take advantage of that Canadian to USD exchange rate. Get yourself a deal. I love working with Lawrence, too. He's a good guy. Anyway, I would, I would like to say, let's do it, Brian. Hit it, baby. Let's work for it. Yeah. Yo. It's Thursday. What's up? And I've been just kicking ass and taking names this week. I don't know about you guys, but I've been busy as all get out. And I'm doing different stuff. We're like ahead of the game now. So I'm not like doing all the logistical Apollo stuff. And we've got that all sorted out. I'm doing the fun stuff now. Ahead of the game. I don't remember the last time I have uttered a phrase such as that. I mean, I I could probably (laughs) retire at this point. Stop working. Uh, Don't push your luck there. Don't push your luck, man. You put Dexter into the workforce, and all of a sudden you're talking about retiring. How about it? That's about as typical as I've ever heard. Right? Man, it's been assholes and elbows over here for a month solid. Oh, yeah, Ben, let's let's go ahead off the top of the show. Ben, what's going on in your workshop? Let's do it nice and brief. Let's get to the rest of the show after. I'll give you my briefs. Uh, Yeah, it's been, what, I missed last week had... uh, Helping my little man, Sam, uh, with some doctor's appointments and stuff. And uh, also been just slamming and jamming busy. Had the uh, Skills USA cabinet making contest last year. Nice, Thursday. nice. How'd that go? Incredible. Dude, it was so inspiring, For first of all, to see six juniors in high school just stoked to learn how to build cabinets they want to be cabinet makers. They want to open their own shops, work for a cabinet shop, you know, right out of high school. These kids are ready, as far as I'm concerned, right now to roll into any cabinet shop in this town for sure. Um, but it was just really stinking cool. We started about 8.30, finished up about 4. And at the end, everybody had a, a working cabinet, So, which apparently is not always the case, according to... Some that have done it in the past, but yeah, really cool. Um, just a really great day and great people, great instructors, great students and contestants and just a lot of fun. Nice. Um, nice. That sounds like a really good week. Yeah, so, man. So that's kind of been the week and then, you know, the list goes on, but that's the biggest one I wanted to hit on. Nice. Nice. Brian, what the hell's going on over in the, the uh, industrial world over at Housemade? Well, I wanted to bring up what we've been doing over on Patreon. Sure. Because Yeah, you got some uh, new stuff. Yeah, we're doing this knife collaboration. Uh, you know, Housemade wants to get into the uh, the knife game and start a production knife line. And I thought, you know what? Let's bring the patrons along for the ride, let them make design changes. I did not realize how this would go. I thought, you know, yeah. I'd get some feedback similar to your uh, revolution project initially right early on yeah Uh, exactly because we're better when we collaborate right i mean that's the way i look at it i i think that uh, that whole adage of you know two heads is better than one kind of thing well put all 128 of us on a project and we'll we'll all kind of uh, sort it out and it's just just wonderful to read the messages and the design guys are taking the design and changing it putting their spin on it and 
and then feeding it back to us. And because of this lovely technology we have available to us, you know, the guys are 3D printing it. Ben's Bites are 3D printed oh, it and affixed a razor blade to the front of it to make oh, it functional. I didn't put two and two together. That's what he 3D printed. Of course. That's what I he did. That. That's the yeah. shop scalpel. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it. fascinating to watch how the how we are all very similar in how we approach a project like this. And all it took was for the, the catalyst, which was me just saying, let's do this. And, and then actually, you know, producing a very simple rudimentary design and then like dumping that into a bin and saying, here, everybody play with this. Go play with this. And it's yeah. so cool to watch. And the feedback is fantastic. So. Uh, we're doing that on Patreon. We've, we've started that process and I'm waiting actually today. I think my, my new, I'm get I've got the new bamboo P one P 3d printer arriving. Yes. And that thing's screaming fast, dude. It's that's the reason I ordered it was because I have all these like little projects that I want to get done. And the Apollo project took over so much of our 3d our 3D yeah. printing abilities because we're we're just in full production. So I had to buy another printer. We got three printers yep. going 24-7. They never Yabble. end. They never stop. Dude, love it. And, I just got yeah, mine fired back up. I had to get a new print head for it, new hot end. Yes, and, uh, and that's a little a bit of a pain drive. in the ass to do the hot end. I've done It is a, a little pain times. in the ass. I, I, sw- uh, I got the Creality Ender 3, and I upgraded to the um, direct drive yes. hot end. Which supposedly nice. works a lot better, and but we'll see. I'm three yeah, quarters of the way through the install. I'm interested to hear because I have a Bowden tube, and yeah. I have, and so it's a little different than what yep. you're you're describing. And I've heard positives and negatives to both, but it wasn't the, a huge endeavor. But it's uh, got you know time mostly has stymied me as it usually does, and I just have about a half hour, a little putzing around to get it tested and and give the green light, but. I'll let you know. Which is the time is the reason why I went with the bamboo because no I wanted doubt. to be able to there's it's like two thousand millimeters a second or some crazy shit. I yeah. don't know exactly yeah. what it is, but it's a lot. It's a, it's a very, very strong fast printer. I didn't buy the the X one carbon, which is like their top of the line version, because it's twice yeah. the price and I don't right. you know, I'm not doing that much work with it, but I'll have that and we're gonna be doing so rapid prototyping on the three D printers of the shop scalpel. And, and and again, guys, I cannot tell you, we had more patrons sign up this week than we've ever had. I think oh, it was wow. like so burst, many people. Man. Now, this is the in. work for it uh, Patreon, right? This is the work using? for Patreon. Yeah. I don't have a personal right. patron anymore, Patreon anymore. I just got mm-hmm. rid of the house-made one because it doesn't make sense. The, sure. So we just run the work for it one now. And, you know, for like, a, what I say, $10.80 a year, you can join in. And so... You, you can know, tell Brian thinking, what to do with his knife. Yeah, exactly. You can tell, and I got some of that. Like, you know, I made a couple of videos and I said something like uh, I said, it's a single bevel when I meant simple bevel right. in the video. And then all these people were like, no, it's got two bevels. What Jumped are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. Right. And then I was like, and then I said, you know what? Let's make it a single bevel. Because you're going to 3D print it anyway. There, right. And we made a happy accident oh, yeah. and turned you it into on a the single print bevel. bed then. Oh, print bed side will be Exactly. Flat, right? Yeah. So then you can print it on the print bed. You don't have to print one side or the other. Anyway, it's super nerdy shit we're doing over there. And I think it's super fun. And it's wa- it's really fun to watch everybody participate. So thanks so much for everyone who's participated yeah. in that. And then also this week, I 
because things have slowed down a little bit for us, I've been doing more infrastructure work, which is building that. I just showed it in a reel yesterday, and I got so much great feedback on that. The little hardware bin holder. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's so Stout much fun. Stout little doing fucking like thing, that. too. Holy shit, well, man. Well, let me tell you something. So that thing, I searched online to try to find a solution for yeah. something like that. And there just isn't one out there that's affordable. They're very or, expensive. Or well-built, you know? Like, if it is yeah. affordable, they're just pieces of shit. Well, the even the $3,000 version of this that I found yeah. was very thin sheet steel. And right. it was just not what I was looking for exactly. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just have my steel people quoted out on sending me the stock steel. I'll cut it all here because I'm only going to make one of them. And then we'll figure out what it costs. That's three hundred and fifty dollars yeah. worth of steel, and I had leftovers when I was done. Shit, so I'm like, dude, wow. gee, that's not bad at all. And it, and it took me no joke. I'm almost done with it. I probably have maybe six hours invested into it, and yeah. it'll be something that I'll pass down to my grandkid. You know, I mean, the thing There's is just well built. There's that big so. debate, and I don't know that we as makers debated enough sometimes, but the buy versus build is real. You know, like, I tried to buy, though. See, that's yeah. the thing. I really even if I wanted to spend five thousand dollars, I yeah. still would not get what I want. Look at the, you line for shit like that. Yeah, oh, you know, I did. Because, yeah. in fact, our representative was just here from Uline and he was, you know, telling us about all this stuff and discounts and stuff because they just built a huge warehouse like right down the street from us. Oh, you can fit 16 football fields in this thing. That's how big the building me. is. Wow. That's like the Amazon and, one here. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 insanely huge. And so I went to them and I said, hey, this is what I want to do. And they don't even have anything really like it. The closest I could find was a couple of uh, like global industrial has some thing. And no joke, dude, you're out like three to five grand to build yeah. something. And it's because of the bins. So like it's not the yeah. shelf so much. It's those little metal trays that everything Have goes in. Well, I have all that already in the plastic. System. Have you I know. At the I thought about packing. Man, I, I love mine, and I want to get the – they make now a pack-out unit that has drawers in it. So you could oh, make a cool. whole stack of fucking drawers, and they have a – they have a, a base that's a dolly, like, and they also have a base that has four casters on it, four wheels on it. So you could literally have just a stack of fucking drawers on four wheels to haul around yeah. the shop. But again, you're pricey. I'll bet you at I'll bet you with that you're over your 600, 800, you know, 700 dollar mark cuz packouts aren't fucking cheap. Cuz this is too deep and it yeah. holds 26 toolboxes. Yeah, you wouldn't so fit 26 that many. of those bins. I remember I when have, you bought all those at that fucking Black Friday deal, didn't you? You bought out yes. all of Florida. It's funny you remember that. Is I went into I went into Home Depot and I bought. They were they're five dollars a piece if you buy them two yeah. at a time. Yeah. I mean, come on, man, you can't beat that. that. Was, I mean, yeah. That's a killer price. Killer. So anyway, I I don't mean to uh, uh, you know uh, monotonize the uh, uh, yeah. Anyways. I've had a great week. I'm, I'm feeling great. I, I'm good. enjoying myself, and it's been great. Brian, what have you been up to, man? Well, it's been some chopper challenge frustrations. Uh -oh. So I've finished the knives. The video comes out the 22nd, so it's just like a little, not this upcoming Saturday, but the next Saturday, this upcoming weekend, I was planning on going home to my parents for the Easter, yada, yada. Mm. Here's the problem. Kyle Fields has 
has Kyle, my my videographer, has now had three different things get in the way of three separate times that oh. we're supposed to do the destructive testing. So oh, we no. still haven't done it, and he still needs to edit the whole thing, and then we need to do voiceovers, and then the last little edits, and then oh my god, it's just I I hate procrastination to like my core because I used to procrastinate a lot in my past. I hate procrastination now. So now the fact that we have just kind of let this slide and slide and slide, it's killing me. It's absolutely killing me. Let me ask you something, Brian. The the change from being a procrastinator to a non-procrastinator. You're very yeah, proactive person. How the fuck do you person. do that? I, I want so, some yeah, of that. I was just going to say, because that's, to me, that's like a core character trait in mm. people. Or maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe it's, not. Maybe it's maybe just it's a habit. Just I, don't a habit. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. So my parents kind of like – when, especially through middle school, they're really like riding my ass a lot about not procrastinating. So, of course, that kind of made me want to procrastinate. And then my freshman and sophomore year, I kind of continued that procrastination. And finally, my dad yeah. sat me down and was like, hey, here's the thing. There is a there is a solution to all of your problems. Just start a little bit earlier. All yeah. of your problems will be solved. So, you know, and my – It was literally – it was literally just my father sitting me down and explaining oh, it to me in, in very, you know, concise terms. Like, hey, this is your problem. This is how you fix it. Do so instead it. of like <laughs> yelling at you for being late all the time, he took the time to sit down and talk about the meaning, right? Yes. Yeah. We're going through that with our with Jack. That 12-year-old mark is kind of that mark for that shit, right? And yeah. I'm a poor example, but and, and I always say that, uh, I'm not, I'm not a procrastinator. I'm a believer. I'm a believer that I can get one more thing done before I have to leave or before I have to do what, cause that's what goes through my head is I'll do this quick. I'll do this quick. I, oh, I can get this one oh, really quick. Let me do this. Right. And then I'm 10 minutes late. And so it's, it is a problem. I acknowledge embrace and have tried to solve my whole life. Now but. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Even after, you know, the procrastination thing was out of me, I was still a shit student. I was just a shit student a little bit earlier in the week. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I was still a piece of shit. I just didn't stink anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the rest of my week, you know, getting past the rest of the Chopper Challenge frustrations, um, yeah, I actually ended up meeting my neighbors. So nice. I opened up my back garage door while I was forging and then the back door neighbors and then both side neighbors both kind of came over and and did the whole, you know, gooseneck thing. Oh, what's yeah, going yeah. on in there? And of at course, least you didn't you get, start yelling at you. Well, no, they all luckily they're all very cool. And maybe a big part of it was at one point I had all of the neighbors standing around and kind of watching me yeah. forge and while I'm explaining everything that I do. Oh, and, cool. I was, and basically I was just like, Hey, you know, go grab a, your favorite knife or your favorite two knives. I'll just go ahead and, and, and uh, throw it in the fucking trash. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I sharpened up a couple of their knives and maybe that's just kind of like the little bit of greasing the wheels to make sure that when I'm oh. forging at 10 o'clock and they're pissed at me, Oh, you know, oh, he, Brian sharpened my knives, you know, I'm the know. tool guy, you know, like anybody needs a tool around the neighborhood here. They, they know where to come. And that was that was my clincher with the neighbors, you know, like, yeah, if you need anything fixed or you need to borrow a tool, go ahead I'm on up to Butler's. <laughs> See, that's the thing is like, it's really bizarre to me that it's been this long. We've been here since January or 
Yeah, January yeah. or late January, and I've just yeah, now meeting them. It's cold up there, though, Brian. It's yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, man. Outside. It's it. Things ain't like they used to be. I know we say that about everything, but um, we have always said that. We've had several new neighbors move into houses immediately adjacent to ours. The ones behind us, they lived there, rented the place for three fucking years. And I literally had exchanged words with them that many times in those three years. Wow. Maybe three times I talked to those gals back there. Whatever happened to the days of you see someone move in and you bring over like an apple pie or some shit? Gone. Like, oh, gone. Gone, gone, man. Gone. I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I just, I have no, like every time I talk with my neighbors, no offense. I mean, they're great folks. It's just. I'm just too weird. I just chalk yeah. it up to I'm too weird. You. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. I and I don't blame them. And yeah. you know, in that world, you know, I'm a today. I, it just yeah. really isn't the same anymore. You know, it used to yep. be when I was younger and I had more patience and more energy. I would yeah. seek out my neighbors and I would, you know, try to in and because you know, gosh, in college, you know, there was a lot of like-minded people living in the same place. Now. Yeah. I don't feel connected to my neighbors at all. In fact, like they'll have like a party down the street. No joke, dude. Let me tell you this story. This is this is like this will be this is like a classic example of why I don't talk to my neighbors much. I go to the they invite us down for a bonfire because there's like a little like neighborhood fire pit thing. Sure. I go down there and we're talking and I'm talking to a guy who's an engineer and he's uh, he's really like, you know, he's very smart. He's got a, a two degrees and all this stuff. And I tell him this is before I started, like right around the time I started Housemaid. And I told him that I really wanted to learn how to TIG weld. And he started laughing at me. And I'm what like, f- what? And he's just like, you want to learn how to TIG weld? Why? And I was like, well, because, and he had been drinking in his sure. defense. He had been drinking, so he was a little looser than he normally, yeah, but I, normally would I don't, be. I don't laugh in people's face when I drink. Oh, no, it gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. <clears throat> so then that conversation ends. I move on to talking to someone else. He's standing like three feet to my left, and he's talking to somebody else. And he's telling somebody else in the group of people how ridiculous it is that I want to learn how to TIG well. Dude, no, we put what? you and on I fucking turn, blast, man. And I turn her, and now this guy's huge. So I like, you know, you know, I turn to him and I go, are you talking shit about me wanting to learn how to well? Like, what the fuck is that about? And he goes, he goes, it just doesn't make any sense. He's like, I just don't understand that. And I don't understand why you would do it. Oh, I'm friends with him on Facebook, so he sees everything I'm doing. I bet Kinda you he like gets it now. Kind of like your fucking face, jackass. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, right. I'm sure he gets you it now. You understand now, cocksucker? It's doing pretty fucking good, isn't it? <laughs> and and he was and he like the guys he were ta- he was talking to are laughing along with him. Whoa. Like I'm the biggest the dipshit on, on the planet, and I'm like. And then yeah. I realized, like, look, I don't fit in with these people yeah. at all. Yeah. And, well, and I, I don't take today, any of it personally. Um, it's fine. Our tolerance that. for dissimilar people is a lot less today, right? Because we can go find similar people online or really anywhere, right? So I think in the in the older days when friends weren't a diamond, you know, to an extent it's become easier to build friendships today. We went through a period where it was hard for grownups to make friends, you know, like we couldn't just have play dates (laughs) like kids do. So it was hard. You'd hit 30 and you'd kind of go, kids weren't yet in school. So you didn't have a school community to lean in on or anything like that. But, but today it's like, 
people just go online, they find their cronies and, you know, get their rocks off that way. So meeting your neighbor who maybe is a princess fairy lover. What? No, fuck no. <laughs> I'm not going to talk to them, you know? Uh, I'll let <laughs> you know. You, Terry may lover. be 75 year old, years old, but he seems like a pretty nice guy. That's Here's what I want to know, maybe, Brian. Maybe and Terry was getting his rocks off with the last tenants. Hey, well, that's you know? exactly what I was going to bring up. So <laughs> I would, I would be the the like the second you feel comfortable enough, you got to go. You got to like legit ask him. Be like, yeah, you got to get so, some deets, deets on that shit. I need the details on the dudes that lived here <laughs> before me and just see what they have to say. How big was asked, Bill's cock? Asked and answered. <laughs> First of all, a, a, oh no, wait, you did it already? Oh, yes, it did. Yes, it did. Hold on, hold on. So him and his wife were good friends with our last, like the last owner of this house. And the owner of the house had a partner. They were not married, but he still lived here. Um, Because they were OG gay. Yes, yes, they they were. were. They were gay before it was cool and before you could get married. Right. But apparently they were really nice guys and really quiet, very eccentric, um, went to Disney World about five times every single year and came oh came home just Damn. as excited as if it was the first time. Um, had wow. had Disney memorabilia all across every single wall. Well, you had said that, right? You, you right. found some Disney shit? Yeah. I found Disney's shit, shit. I found a lot of other shit that will never see the light of day again. Uh, it's hard to tell if it's a drawing <laughs> of a Mickey Mouse head or a penis, you know, the oh two circles. God. You know? All right, all right. Anyway, all right. Well, it sounds like you had a good week. You met, met the neighbors, which is, is cool, and they weren't yep. mad at you that no, you're going to be banging on steel. They seem you, like really you, nice guys, for sure. They seem like really nice It seems nice like people. you earned some points, too, right? That's clutch, where it wasn't a bad circumstance that you met because of forging. It was right. a positive. Right. Yeah, and that's cool. all it takes. I mean, literally, it took me maybe a half an hour to sharpen up a, a bunch of nice rum. And now I've got the, the brownie points. Dude, if, you I had, that if you live next down, to me. I, hold on. Hold on. Oh, we're talking fuck. over each other. What was that? Your knife sharpening game, dude. If, if you live next to me, you'd be sharpening my fucking knives every day. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, you've got that process down on that on that grinder where you you grind in, and sharpen on your uh, on your actual two by seventy two, which is yep. like, yeah. not everybody can do that. I mean, I I can get a decent bevel, but you can get a razor sharp blade, dude. And, Thank uh, you. That's that's awesome. You're letting your what neighbors are lucky until you get that power hammer. Then they're gonna like start. <laughs> yeah, hating right. I know. I just have that feeling, but you never know. Maybe they'll like it. Hey, man, you never know. You never know. Yeah. For sure. Well, hey, listen, do you guys want to shift over into WFI projects? Or is there anything else you want to bring up? Do you have any list items that you want to discuss before we shift? If, if Ben, you don't, I've got the first one I definitely want to talk about. Go for it, man. Tortuga Blade Works did the shipwreck. Great interview. Oh, Great thank interview. you, thank you. Tortuga Blade yes. Works did a fantastic shipwreck patina etch on the freaking Apollo Forge. This oh, so has cool. me so freaking envious. I want something like this so bad. It's so cool, man. <laughs> and yeah. it, it's not paint. It's it's. I don't know what it is. Oh, it's is like it? this. I have a, a little bit of a theory. I think he's using hydrogen peroxide as one oh. of his ingredients. So if you mix salt and hydrogen peroxide, you can all you can like force patina things into like a cop i don't know though because it's hard to say it, it, usually it looks more rusty than this 
Right. So anyway, and and by the way, Brian, do not feel pressure to give up your recipe. We're just like we feel like we need <laughs> to talk about it because it is so cool. But uh, we're going <laughs> to guess what? until the end of time. You this know? would be kind of fun. Maybe all of us can try to like force Bettina and like re-engineer it. <laughs> See, he's, yeah. he's getting yeah. like those blues in there. I, yeah. It's, it, and again, it's not it's not paint. So there, yeah. there's definitely something with like copper because there's a very strong copper look to it. But, you know, there's yeah, there's just there's just so much to it. And it's so incredibly beautiful. But yeah, I wanted to shout out. First of all, it's the Apollo Forge. That's that's the new sexy forge on the block. And then you go and put a crazy, you know, patina on it like that. I'm excited to see how that thing, you know, how that patina develops when it, you know, heats and cools and heats and cools. Um, yeah, it'll it'll morph, it'll change, it'll yeah. look for, it'll probably look really cool. It yeah. starts off looking like it was at the bottom of the ocean, and then it's just going to, you know, become more and more, you know that way it's yeah, i'm just excited doesn't to see it, it doesn't it look like something right out of the pirates of the caribbean movies oh absolutely I was just gonna say like very pirate piratical you know yeah hence the name tortuga blade works there it is there it is all right who's got the next one i got the next well, one so um i would like to shout out two birds blade works and i don't know if you guys know um it's he used it's Leon Shanks, but he used to have two middle fingers and probably still does as his, his um, hot stamp. Yep. That was awesome. And, and he changed it to actually two birds now. Oh, so, no, really? Just, and, and maybe this is just like a, a knife somehow, like in that design, have middle, you know, like you wouldn't see it right away, but if you looked, you could see the middle fingers, you know. These look like two, like albatross or like they're yeah. seagulls or something now. But it, I just wanted to shout it out because his. <clears throat> I'm a huge fan of his. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm a huge fan of his work, and it, it, he's got great. very cool. It's like French and French culinary inspired. Um, you know, brute to forge, Damascus. He does all these different, very, very, very cool shapes, uh, integral bolsters, and all this fun stuff. But anyway. I love his. I've always loved his logo because his hot stamp is two middle fingers, and then he changed it to these. Well, again, it's probably just an uh, an alternative stamp, but to the two Ooh. birds. So, Leon, I I love your work. Uh, I like them both. I think they're both very tasteful. <laughs> I you can I do w- either one. I want to come out against the birds. I want it to be the middle fingers, <laughs> all middle fingers, all the time. <laughs> right. That is the most badass hot stamp I've ever seen. And of course, you're it's gonna push great. a lot of people away, but screw them. They're not your yeah. customer. I think that's probably why I did the birds. You get, make it a little more family friendly. Kid, when you're making combat knives, that's one thing, right? But kitchen it's, knives might kitchen be a little knife. bit different. It's a little. Hey, scary. uh. JC underscore creations underscore knives. Got some belts of leather here with some kick-ass stamp work, uh, tooling work done on there. I can't tell if those are belt tips or if they're going to be sheaths or what, but. I don't know. Um, I think looks pretty damn good. And I also, um, I don't know how, if you were doing it this time, but. I mentioned I that, that it was mentioned on the show today. So I love it, Ben. Yes, love it, love looks it, great. It. Thank you. I've got Wesley Crum, W Crum underscore Bladesmith. Go check him out. He's a great guy. He is a firefighter. Yeah. Just, just a lovely gentleman. He just finished up a eighty CRV two, um, Ulu 
It's a vegetable chopper. I don't know if you've ever seen these ulus before. I've always wanted to try one, but I've never had the. I see, the like Alaskan, almost like a round knife or a head knife looking thing. Is that what an ulu is? I don't know. I'm not looking at the pick. Um, it's it's kind of it. It looks like a half moon type situation, but it has a like straight handle behind the blade. I don't know how to yeah. describe the ulu, but it's very very cool looking. Yep. Um, it I've also has a Jack Daniel whiskey barrel white oak handle, so that's that's pretty damn interesting. But dead sexy. I think about Wesley every time I cook steak because I use the awesome steak flipper that he forged. Oh, for, speaking for us. of, that's that's a big thing in my house right now. So somehow, oh, yeah? so I also have one of those steak flippers, and I love it. Somehow mm-hmm. in the move, it's been placed somewhere it's not supposed to be. Oh, so every man. time I've cooked, a, you know, whatever on the grill, You're I go to find it, and I'm just ass, so man. pissed off I can't find my damn, you know, Wesley Crumb yeah. steak turner. I need to find it. It's it's going to be in a box somewhere. I know it's it was just grabbed and put in a box for safekeeping and then forgotten about. But, you know, it is what You'll it is. find it. It'll be there You'll somewhere. Find it. Uh, I'm going to shout out Austin Saunders, high caliber craftsman builds on Instagram. He did this really cool um, oil canister for his father for Father's Day, and he liked it so much he couldn't hold on to it. He had to give it to him right away. If you're not following Austin, he also is the co-host of Making Our Way uh, podcast, which is really a great podcast. Yes, sir. It is. Looks like Brigham's got um, some sheath work here showing a mistake, which is always a cool thing to do. But he um, looks like he screwed it up, let it, let it too long in the hot wax and turned it into a waxy booger. <laughs> so he's got a sheath there and uh, just got it a little too much wax. It looks like it's cut too, but I can't quite tell. Or it came apart at the stitching seam there, or something. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like you would, you would soak. Some people will do that. Wax. Yeah, I find depending on the the leather that you use, some leathers are what's called hot stuffed. Which, yeah, baby, I want some of that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew a girl. No. Like- <laughs> <laughs> That was their nickname in college. Yeah, right, yeah. 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 Oh, shit. But uh, it'll, like, I know, um, I know uh, Wicked and Craig has a few different leathers that are hot stuffed, and it and so they add a bunch of waxes and, and all kinds of shit in the finishing process. But a lot of just plain, straight-up vegetable tanned leather, you know, if you buy all-natural veg tan, it's not going to have a whole lot of wax in it. So I'll often put a beeswax and I use beeswax, coconut oil, and a little almond oil to make kind of a balm. And then I'll hit it with a heat gun. Um, And that kind of, you know, sucks the wax and shit into that leather. But I've never dipped one like he's saying. Interesting, interesting. All right, next up, I've got Carol and Jeanette. We all know her. We all love her. Um, the suit or the spoon, you know, aficionado over there. She's got a couple soup spoons, and this basically it just says this is the last look at the two soup spoons she's got going on. I would be so worried about using this for soup because God forbid you dip this thing in like a tomato-based sp- soup, 
and all of a sudden that that beautiful finish on that wood is going to always have that that ugly reddish tinge yeah well we've got a few kool-aid spoons that uh have gone from red to purple to various kool-aid colors and eventually it does wear off I will say that. Yeah, she spends so much That's damn badge, time on man. these things. That's a badge, though. That's like saying uh, it'd be a shame if you got a scratch on your cutting board. Or on the side of your knife. <laughs> I totally get they're, that. They're, me- they're meant for use, you know? You gotta, yeah, yeah. You can't baby them. I, it's but funny I'm, because I'm the same we, way. You hear that, Emily? You, you can't baby uh, your spoons. <laughs> Let's use those one. things. Preserve one. <laughs> Right. Preserve one. Oh. I'm going to shout out Hayworth underscore handmade. Uh, he is working on doing some San Mai stuff. And he put together, uh, it's not even a finished knife, but it's just forged shape. And the reason I like these work in progress, you know, pictures that people put up is because it's inspiring to watch the progression. Um, it, I don't remember what podcast I was listening to recently. I think it was Knife Talk. Uh, where uh, Craig and Jeff were talking about, or Craig and George were talking about uh, the, the, it's so fun to watch the progression of these makers, you know, and that's the reason why it's so important to share your works in progress. Maybe it's not the best thing that you've ever done, but it's, uh, it's a, it's like a diary. It's like an online diary of, of the things you're up to. Yeah. And people enjoy the progress. In fact, it's it's funny because I've got guys who have watched my progression. I don't know, like five years ago, six years ago, I put out a video where I didn't have any money and I went to Facebook Marketplace to buy a grinder to start making knives. And I bought just a bench grinder, like a spinning wheel bench grinder that had like a, it was like a Harbor Freight type deal that had a belt on it and I remember in the video mentioning that I didn't understand tracking I didn't know how it worked but I'd like to learn Man. how that worked you know that you was six then, years ago right Man. and somebody unearthed that video and made a comment about it the other day and they're like wow it's wow. neat to see you know this video from six years ago you talking about this Harbor Freight you know one-off grinder that you bought on marketplace for 50 bucks and now you make crazy. like a crazy amount of grinders wow. and all that stuff. So, now yeah, you make fucking tracking devices, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I invented the modern tracking advice, the device yeah. that most, I'm guessing, most 2x72 grinders will have in the future that right. aren't even mine. But, you know, um, yeah, you know, so it's it's really kind of a cool thing to show off these these prog- these progress photos. Um, and not that Hayworth Handmade hasn't made San Mai before. He has. It's just, right, it's, but you still. know, it's neat to watch. Yeah. That's the ba- That's the best argument I have ever heard for using social media and posting regularly, right? If nothing else, like you always say, document, don't create. Uh, but to take it a step further, treat it as an online diary. You know, yeah. I've, I've mentioned it in the past, I think a couple of times on this show, but I've heard of people that will open like a Facebook or Instagram account just for their kid, not share it with anybody, right? So not friend anybody or invite anybody in and then use that just to post updates every week or something about the kid's life. And mm. I thought, man, what a cool idea. You know, imagine it's a cool idea. you turn 20 or something, you find out your old man has an Instagram account where he, you know, 
talked about your week, your whole fucking life to that point. That'd wow. I am not that organized. I, <laughs> no I way. I little kids. No way, dude. When I had little kids, I, I was even worse than I am now. It's, it was yeah. like, you know, just survival mode. But yeah. yeah. One right. of the, um, just stepping away from WFI projects, we can get back to it if you want. But one of those segments that I started working on was, uh, because I get this question a lot, is what am I listening to this week? And so I wrote down all of the podcasts and any sort of content that I've nice. been ingesting during the week. And I just want to yeah. share it with you guys so that you know what I'm listening to. Uh, I listened to a really great uh, podcast um, uh, with uh, Alexander, Alex, Alexander the Grant, I think is his last name. Yeah, Grant it's Alexander. Alexander the Grant or whatever. Grant, but, um, the, the Grant, Grant Alexander. The Grant Alexander. Uh, yeah. The Clamp uh, podcast. The Clamp. Creative Living and Making yeah. Projects is what Clamp yes, stands for. And they talk with, oh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he had an Etsy store and he gave the whole bit. It was their, it's like one of their last episodes. Full of amazing value. Okay. It and, was. Yes. And I listened to that intently uh, because there's some great nuggets of awesome value in there. And if you're if you're running an Etsy store, or thinking about it, you should go on there and listen to this guy's story. It was really great to hear. I was and bored because he 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 started out right, and he's like, "Yeah, my my shop got fucking like mysteriously shut down one day, and he, like right when he started making some yeah. good money, it just fucking boom." gone they shut it off on him and then he got pissed at etsy and shut into said fuck it i'm not doing it anymore yeah. and he owned a com commercial painting company so he didn't really need the money and then it took him about a year to swallow his pride and go back to it and now that's all he does full time wow so right. it's it's really an interesting story so that's one clamp cast or the clamp podcast um, and then Knife Talk was really great this week with uh, George and, um, and uh, <laughs> Morocco. <laughs> not Morocco. Uh, who's the other guy? Craig Lockwood. Uh, no. uh, George and Craig Lockwood. <laughs> and if you're not listening to Knife Talk, it's just such a great curated show. It, it's it so, really is. And I say George, it's Jeff, really, but people are calling him George for some reason. I don't know. Well, who it is. There's did like you, did you listen? Joke or did something. you listen to the podcast? Because he talked about. How how he was on a couple different um, magazines, yes. and then they were freak. They called him George they Fader, not name. Jeff Fader. Right, that's what it was. Oh yeah. my god, so I thought it was something else. But yeah, <laughs> so they call him George in the magazine article or something. Yeah. So it's been ongoing uh, inside joke. So that's really good. Knife Talk is excellent. They're doing a great job with that. Um, and then uh, the Working Hands podcast. I I go back to it every week. It's just yeah, a really great podcast. Too. Um, and it's, it's the, one of the ones that like, I feel like I can stay up to speed with what's going on up at the, um, Blackthorn because yeah. Keith is really heavily involved in the Blackthorn. So is Tony. Yeah. yeah. And they go there all the time, Love you know, it. so they it's, do. it's nice to hear the stories about what's happening there. The it's classes a fucking and, poke of a drive for, uh, Tony. It's like, yeah. It's like 12 hours or something. Wow. So um, here's a question when you, um, so I've always kind of wondered this about folks that work in a shop, not solo, you know, with Sarah and Brent there, uh, yeah. do you guys, you guys typically, I mean, obviously ear protections needed at some points in the day, but are you guys more or less headphone in one ear and yeah. earbuds or air, air pods in yep. both ears and 
we're we wear PPE probably five hours a day. So because yeah. it, it's very loud in here. So we, you know, and, and it's, it is what it is. We want to go dark yeah. sometimes and just focus sure. on the work that we're doing. So we wear AirPods to do it. And if, that's of cool. course, you need to get a hold of somebody, you just wave at them and they'll take their AirPods. Right, so that's right. how we do it. I've got two more recommendations. Making Our Way podcast with Austin uh, Saunders. That's really good. It, I, everyone should it be really listening is. to that. It's really, it's really good. It's a great show. Um, and the last recommendation is going to be a YouTube channel, and it's going to be a very odd one, but it's really good. I don't know if you guys are listening to or watching Steve-O's Wild Ride, his podcast that he does. Steve-O is the guy from Jackass. Right, yeah. um, he has an interesting story <clears throat> about how he got sober and he started this. Yep. He basically podcasts out of the back of an RV. Has and the best interview with Casey Neistat mm-hmm. I've ever Really seen. great. That was really great. And that's actually the first interview I saw. And then I got yeah. sucked into it. And um, the last couple that I've watched, of, of course, I had to, I love Jackass. So, you know, he interviews Johnny Knoxville, Wee Man, and he did. He got Bam Margera in there, believe it or not. Oh, and nice. they talk about everything. And then uh, the last one of the last episodes was with uh, James Keenan, uh, Maynard James Keenan from Tool. I mean, it's really good interviews because. He does. He has a couple guys that help him produce the show, and they go off and do the research. So Steve-O's Wild Ride on YouTube. It's really great to just have on in your workshop if you're hand-sanding or something. So nice. um, and real quick, you guys have a, a, a shout-out for a podcast that you listen to on the regular or something you're listening Let to? Me, uh, man, I Axe and Iron is a good podcast. Oh, that Chris is good. Cash yeah. and uh, what's-his-face? Um Working Hands, uh, Makeshift. I listen to that on the radio. Oh, Makeshift. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Shop yep. Sounds. I listen to Shop Sounds. Sawdust Nation podcast is a really good podcast with some um, uh, military dudes. Uh, they primarily okay. do woodworking uh, and sell like uh, challenge coin holders and all that kind of stuff for retirement and change of duty station and stuff. Uh, maker the maker lounge podcast with um, oh that's a good one too yeah one of our patrons a, there uh voltner is a matt voltner a patron. yeah yeah the for the gram podcast is a phenomenal podcast if you're trying to understand uh how to work with the instagram algorithm but not take it these guys are great it's vic from the stump shop and oh i can't remember the other dude's name but they're both canadian and they're both, you know, 100,000 plus follower accounts. Um, and they they really get into it. And they, they talk strategy and they talk, you know, just uh, very specific topics. You know, like, do photos on Instagram perform well in 2023? My Instagram's dead. Now what? The do's and don'ts of Instagram. Uh, and it, so it's a really good show. Uh, probably two more, I think. Uh <laughs> Ahead, the Bear Doug. Grease, the Bear Grease podcast uh, with Clay Newcomb. It's part of the Meat Eater. Is it bear like the network. animal or B-A-R? Yep. B-A-R, like the black black bear, grizzly bear, bear grease. It's a okay. it's a primarily a hunting um, uh, type show. So uh, there's the Meat Eater show on Netflix and YouTube uh, where they, you know, go off on these big, great hunts, but the bear grease is really cool. So one week they'll do a documentary style podcast on somebody like Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone, or some just 
iconic character from American history. And then the next show, they'll do what they call the render. And it's where they bring, you know, a dozen of their buddies in and they just bullshit about the, the topic or about the show, the actual documentary show. And it's a really great podcast. It's, I think even if you're not into hunting, it's a good history type podcast uh, as well. Um, but just, yeah, really good show. And yeah, I could stop there. If anybody would like to know more, I listen to probably about 20 to 30 podcasts a week, more or wow. less on the regular. <laughs> I was thinking that we, you know, we would Junkie. bring this up like once a month or twice a month. Yeah, I we get should. the question so often about like, hey, what are you guys listening to? I, of course, listen to a lot of music, too, because I'm doing like mathematical calculations in my head a lot. So okay. I can't really listen to verbal discussions and understand it. I feel like I miss a lot if I don't do I all don't of that. I feel so. like I'm alone. I'm, I'm 100% with the Jeff Fader. Jeff pegged me 100% when he says like people just don't want to be alone in their shops. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. Just to hear somebody talking in the background, even if I'm not listening that's comforting to me. Absolutely. The the ones that I've been listening to, um, obviously Knife Talk Full Blast. Everybody knows them. Everybody loves them. Hustle and Grind has really stepped up. I mean, they they always have been really good, but their interview style has gotten better and better and better. Yes. Um, you know, I love the little bits that they do. You know, it's it's just really interesting to see how they bring in a new person every single week. And it seems as if that po- the three of them have been together for a long time. The yeah, Jason, that's a good point. The Jason right Knight, that. the one with Jason Knight is phenomenal. That is one of the best interviews I've ever heard out of Jason Knight. It's, it's just really well done. Um, the other one, I've been kind of getting away from um, podcasts lately, honestly. But one of them that I have been listening to is um, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. It's just oh, really, like really long form um, yeah. stories about crazy at you know times in history everywhere from like you know World War One to Caligula to you know there's so many you know basically he drops you into that time period and explains everything about it to you and, um, and it's ridiculous how how he is able to talk like that about that subject for four plus hours every it's single insane. podcast is between like three to six hours long and then like yeah, so, especially crazy. the my favorite one is the one that they did on um the the series on world war one it's six episodes and all of them are like five and a half six hours long so you really get a really in-depth thing on it and then he also does like these little shorts or what he calls addendums where he basically covers one topic like Basically, one of them was about the atomic weaponry and just describing what they can do, you know, different things that that's happened with them. And, oh, man, it's just bone chilling to listen to. And it's it's one of those things that you can put on and listen to multiple times because there's such a long form. You're going to zone out at some point. And, you know, if you listen to him a couple different times, you you get different aspects about it. And then there's there's times where I'm like grinding bevels and I'm like so invested in listening to what's going on that you know it's it's ah, i love it i really love i've always loved history and that is probably the best history podcast out there have you listened to snafu is another history podcast specifically about an incident between us and russia interesting a nuclear nuclear bomb threat we were doing a drill uh, which apparently we do these annually or some kind of a thing in the Russians oh. and everybody, the whole world knows that we do them and we use certain code words and all this shit. So people know it's a drill. 
but we made a mistake or did we, we don't know and never used the right language. So the Russians were like finger on the nuclear fucking bomb. We had finger on the nuclear fucking bomb. And this guy dives deep into the, that whole subject in about 12 episodes. And what's what's crazy, what's crazy about that subject, and it, it gets brought up in the, the Dan Carlin's about um, atomic weaponry. I forget the exact yeah. name of it, but there have been multiple times where, like, you know, our radars or our sensors malfunction, and it all of a sudden on the big board it says that Russia's launched a 1,000 nuclear weapons at us. And there's there has yeah. been a time where, like, there are three people that need to check off to send the nukes back. And two of them, <laughs> two of them turned the keys and the last one didn't. And it turned out to be a false alarm. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> Dude, this, yeah, this is so who, who's the host of this? I forget. Oh my gosh. It's... I actually learned about this from uh, Blackthorn. Keith over at Blackthorn Concepts mentioned it on their show. And I started listening to the, that night and just like, I could not stop. It was so fucking oh, good. Sorry, I, I'm well, sorry. Are, this I, is all. This is all great because I, I will say that we tend to get in the same loops, and you know it's nice to venture out outside yeah. of our normal listening stuff. And I'm glad Brian, you brought up the history stuff because yeah, hardcore history is fantastic. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. But are you guys ready for a dad joke by chance? Sure. Of course. I have a dad joke. What do you call a horny square? What do you call it? An erectangle. <laughs> Steve Grillo. Our, he, he might as well just be the general manager of dad jokes. I love I love waking up every morning and finding new dad jokes in my in my stuff. Um, yeah. Here's an, here's another one from him. He says, "What did the left butt cheek say to the right butt cheek?" What did he say? If we stick together, we can put a stop to all this shit. That's pretty dang good. That's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, so, all right. So, at the tail end of the show, I wanted to uh, do a, a little bit of self-promotion. We started a group on Facebook called DIY Forges. And it's blown up. And we started it about a month ago, and now it's got almost 2,000 members in it. And we, so I'm a member of another uh, group on Facebook, a, a DIY Forge group, but it's called something else. And I'm not going to say the name of it. But, um, and I, every time I show my Apollo or any of the projects that I was working on with the Apollo, they would get deleted. And then I would get dinged by the admin. And I, it was like, the, at first it was like, no self-promotion. You're not allowed to do that. So I followed <laughs> the rule. I was like, okay, fine. I won't self-promote. <laughs> and then an admin reached out to me and said, you know, uh, we don't normally allow influencers in our uh, group like this. What? And we now, and, and, yeah. So it was like, kind of like a thing. You're and I was like, like well, you're the furthest thing that I would think of from an influencer, honestly. Yeah, so I kind of took that as a spank. But... Yeah, I took that as a slap, and I was like, whatever. And then the guy's like, you have a name for yourself, and you you have a history of, like, creating these things. And I'm like, oh. yeah, but I could see if I if I you have a history of being successful, over. you know, yeah. like, we don't want successful people here. <laughs> and then I got a message from someone else in the group 
who posted their Apollo or a question about the Apollo Forge in that group. Okay. okay. And he screenshotted the response from the admin, and now it all makes sense. The admin owns a forge company. Oh. And oh, they God, don't sorry. want anybody else. He this guy makes ribbon burners and he, you know, he owns a company. I'm not gonna say which one. <laughs> and he is limiting anybody who competes with him. Is they're not allowed to post in there, basically. So that's wow. the reason why I was getting spanked. Wow. And this guy screenshotted it, and the message from this guy was like you want to buy an Apollo Forge? Let me tell you something. And it was like this big, long list of reasons. You want to learn to TIG weld? (laughs) Yeah. And then it was a big, long reasons why this guy should buy his Forge and not the Apollo. Mm. And the guy immediately screenshotted it, sent it to me, and then bought the Apollo Forge. And he was like, this is the reason I do business with you. It's because you're not like these people. People don't realize that. Sometimes when you come on that way, right, you're going to turn off just as many people as you turn on. So my response to this was just like I did with the grinder group, because the grinder group um, on Facebook is the same way. They they're actually not as bad. They're not as tyrannical as the forge people. Um, And I was like, I'm going to start my own group. And I did. And it's 21 or 22,000 members now in the in the uh, home built belt grinders or it's DIY belt grinders group. And then we started DIY forges and that took off faster than the grinder group ever did. Nice. And so now we have 2000 members there and you can post whatever the fuck you want in there. I don't I I have Bobby over at Reaper Metalworks and CJ Johnson moderating and Ben over Ben's Bites. They moderate it for me. And I've told them, like, let everything through unless it's spam. You know, yeah. if like somebody wants to sell a forge in there, let them like we we don't. That is not the reason why I got into this business. I'm not. If you have to do that to sell your shit, there's something wrong with your shit. Yeah, and that's the way I look at it. So and and that sucks. I've been dealing a little bit of that type of stuff. It's it's all that like gatekeeping type situation. I, yes. I dove into Reddit a little bit because you had talked about maybe Reddit's a place that you could start posting and getting some traction. So basically, I went over to Reddit and I just typed in all the different variation of knife maker, knives, knife sales, everything I could find. Followed all those, all the ones that have the most amount of uh, people, excuse me, people on it. And I started posting in them. And it's so funny that like half of them, the post went up and they're great. And I got some feedback and it was all good and happy and dandy. Got a couple knife sales. And then some of them were totally like, hey, you're promoting yourself. We don't allow promotions. You, Because literally, I just describe what the knife is and at the very end, put a nice little simple tagline of my books are open if you want a custom. Okay, so you in on Reddit, it's, it's touchy it's as yeah. you're finding out. You're, it's very touchy. Holy cow. So self, I got some. Self-promotion is not allowed on Reddit. So, But here's what you can do. Take photos and video and post it and say, this is what I'm working on right now. Yeah. And what will happen is a majority of the buyers on Reddit, and there is a lot of them, they will go there and they will see that and they will hit you up in the DM. Yeah. And the, you don't even have to say anything. You just have to, you know, like, this is a project I'm working on for a customer, blah, blah, blah. And I will tell you, I believe that Reddit is an untapped resource for doing business. And Brian, is, you're already yeah. seeing that you're you've you've made a couple of knife sales. Yep. So tough to it's, navigate, there's buyers. But... It is <laughs> tough to navigate. You just have to be really careful about self-promotion because what it is, is the Reddit 
folks, the generation or the people who tend to go to Reddit and use Reddit, they're sick of being advertised to. Yeah. And I don't blame them. I just don't. And and I think that's that is makes a ton of sense. It, it just the way they do it is really bad. You know, a lot of neck beards over there. But, you know, what I mean? um, <laughs> yeah, I got a uh, lot. It, I got a lot of uh, long comments that were, you know, then taken off and, you know, a lot of messages yeah, oh, yeah. in the DM saying, you know, you're you're just trying to promote you. This isn't supposed to be this and it's supposed to be that. Ugh, whatever, man. Well, <laughs> j- don't let it get you down. Well, continue and just just take all the stuff about your books being open off. Literally, it's, it was just doing my it. books are open at the end. I I didn't realize I was stepping in a big old pile of shit there. But hey, if yeah, you're out there you and you want to learn, if you're out there and you want to post on Reddit, don't promote yourself. God forbid. The, you can promote yourself. You just have to do it in a way that's very <laughs> non-invasive. I know. I'm I'm being prickly over here. I understand that. I'm being a little bit extra, right. but. You're, you're just yeah you're a little butt hurt I can <laughs> it's to, it's totally normal if you hang out on reddit right. you're gonna get butt hurt <laughs> oh but that's yeah. the best way to get thick skin go on go on reddit and start commenting and posting shit holy you cow. get thick skin pretty quick yeah for sure hey listen guys we know you're out there working for it we're working for it and we're hopefully providing you with some value and if we did and you want to join up our little knife build along things that we're doing in the background behind the scenes at Patreon. You want to listen to the after show and you want to get involved. You can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it. And this is the biggest benefit of doing so. If you go and check out uh, our, our messages in Patreon, you can send us a question and we'll answer it. And all of a sudden everybody woke up and they started sending us messages. So, uh, I am going to read one from Manny G over Parable Knives. Par- I always say Parable. It's Parable Knives. All right, this is a great question. How do you effectively launch a new product? When I create a new knife design, I end up with a lot of interest because I show the process of making the knife. Document, don't create, right? I show ca- I showcase, showcase the design features and reels, and I encourage people to join my mailing list for the best chance to grab one. These all seem like tried and true methods, and they are, but what other strategies would you use to sell your products, especially when your new product is not a knife? Ooh. And I have an answer to this question, very specific, that might just blow your mind. Knife makers all around Ooh. the world use this technique. <laughs> and number four will you blow would your never mind. never thought about. <laughs> <laughs> to make a million dollars a year selling knives. See you in the after show, everybody. Appreciate you.